is good. If, does anyone need a handout for the sermon tonight? If you need a handout real quick, Matthew has those and you get a copy of it. We're going to be in Revelation chapter number 5 tonight. Revelation chapter 5. And we're in verse 18 to verse 14, it says on the screen there. So that's good. Verse 18 to verse 14. And that's uh, verse 8 to verse 14. It's kind of like those calendars this morning. Did all the work to get you a calendar, and it says the 2020 calendar, not the 2021. So that's going to get fixed for you next week, maybe. Or you could just take, if you want to just be a good church member, just take a pen, cross out the zero, and put a one, and do it yourself. And that's just to show you not everything's perfect around here and all of that good stuff. And tonight the Lord was lifted up, and more and more we need to be praising Him and lifting Him up. I know as a, as a Bible college student and as a, um, for years in Christianity, growing up a Baptist and all those things, I was taught that really the song service was not important. The important part about a song service was it led to the preaching, and that's all that mattered. That's, and I'm being honest about that. And it's only been the past couple of years that I really have dove deep into the scriptures and see that's completely false. That the singing to God and worshiping Him is important. And sometimes some of us don't always like it because it puts you out of your comfort zone. But when you get to heaven, you might be out of your comfort zone a little bit then as well. The verses we look at tonight are the verses of what's taking place in heaven. I'm going to give you background on this passage before we dive into Revelation chapter number 5. The trump of God sounds... The dead in Christ arise first, then we which are alive and remain together are gathered together in the, with the, in the sky with the Lord, and we're with him forever. Revelation chapter 4 and Revelation chapter number 5 talk about what takes place in heaven while the tribulation is still taking place here on earth. And during this time, we see a lot of things take place, but the main thing you see is the worshiping of God taking place. Chapter 5, verse number 1, we're going to look at the whole chapter real quick. I will not be long tonight, but I do believe that this is important. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within, and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor on earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain 
and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld, and lo, the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the numbers of them was 10,000 times 10,000, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and, el and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Father, I pray you bless the next few minutes that we have as we look at this wonderful passage of Scripture. This passage of Scripture does my heart good. As I see ten thousands of thousands of people all proclaiming and worshipping the Lamb in heaven. But we don't have to wait till heaven to worship you. We can do that now. Pray you bless the next few minutes that we have. I pray all that's said and done would please you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. John is sad because no one is worthy to open the scroll. He doesn't realize that Jesus is right there and he's the one that's worthy. In these verses, heaven cannot contain itself and all the residents of heaven start rejoicing and praising God and praising the Lamb for what He has done for all of us. There's praising, there's singing, there's shouting, there's music in heaven. We see that right before our eyes here tonight. Music is a vital part of our lives. From the time the alarm clock goes off in the morning, some of you play music. I, 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 I didn't like that noise very well, so I got a song, You Are God Alone, that plays to wake me up. I'm in a little bit better of a mood when that plays than hearing the... And so from the alarm clock in the morning to music in our cars, music in our homes, in place of business, whatever the case may be, music is used to move the minds of people. When a restaurant's busy, for example, they might play a faster music because people will move a little faster in their eating and get through a little quicker. And m music in movies, they play just the right song at the right moment. And some of you ladies in your Hallmark movies, it's just the right song right at that right moment. And they get you just right. Some of you need to get right with God and quit watching those Hallmark movies. Those are the worst things ever. Same story, same storyline, just different actors, and it always ends the same. Doesn't matter if it's Christmas, fall, summer, spring, it's the same exact same thing. We would do, I was waiting for Hallmark to go bankrupt, but it hasn't happened yet. I thought one good thing could have came out of COVID, but no, anyways. But music is an important part of our walk with God. The Bible tells in Ephesians 5, verse number 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. 
Bible tells us Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And these verses here speak about the vital role that music plays in our relationship with God. We see that before our eyes here. Thank God for music that honors Him. That's what music should be all about. This passage indicates to us that music will be one of the things that follows us from earth to heaven. The music in heaven, as we think about it, will be even sweeter than the music here on earth. Because some of you can't carry a tune. And you're going to be perfect in heaven. You will finally carry a tune. You'll be all right, Peter. You'll be all right. It'll all work out. Everything will be all right. In these verses, John takes us to heaven and gives us a front row seat to the best night of worship that will ever take place in the universe. Let me give you two points tonight. We'll be done. Number one, we see the singers of heaven's sweet song. We see the singers of heaven's sweet song. We see in verse number eight there, the Bible tells us, and when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. The first thing that we see, letter A, underneath the singers of the sweet song, we see the identity of the singers. Who are the ones who are singing? You see there are four beasts and 24 elders. And if you do a little study on the book of Revelation, you can learn some things about it, but the four beasts that are there, and as we look at this, represent all of created life praising God. The four and 20 elders that are mentioned, they're mentioned in chapter number four, chapter number five, it's a representation of all the saints that are redeemed by God. So you and I are represented in the 24 elders that are mentioned right here. That, that's us. This is where we're going to be. And when we look at this, basically what you see is all of creation, all the saints of God are going to be singing his praises. That's why you need to wait to heaven to start singing. You can sing now. It's okay. It's all right. It is okay. It is all right to worship him. We see the identity of the singers, but letter B, we see the involvement of the singers. What are these redeemed ones doing? They're doing what they do every time they're found in the book of Revelation. Do you notice when we see or we hear the four beasts, or we hear about the four and twenty elders, they're on their face in their presence. They're worshiping the God of the universe. They're worshiping the lamb that was slain. They're offering him their love. They're offering him their praise, and they're worshiping him. You look at chapter number four and verse number 10. The four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne. Chapter number 5 and verse number 8, as we read a few minutes ago in this passage here, we see the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb. You look at five, chapter 5, verse 14. The four, and 20, the four beasts said amen, and the four and twenty elders fell down and worshiped him. Chapter 7 and verse number 11 and the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God in chapter 19 and verse number 4. 
And the 420 elders and the four beasts fell down and worshiped God that sat on the throne saying, Amen, Alleluia. You see what we're going to be doing? We're going to be falling down and worshiping the God of all gods and the Lamb. That's what we're going to be doing. Let there be no mistake about it that when we get home in heaven, we'll be busy praising the one who died for us on the cross. We'll be praising him, and that's what heaven is going to be. And earth should be the same for the people of God. We see the singers, we see their identities, we see their involvement, we see letter C, we see the instruments of the singers. The instruments of the singers. Well, what do you mean by instruments of the singers? The first one is this, the instrument of praise. You see here in chapter number five, they had harps that they were playing. They're playing a stringed instrument, and the harp was used in scripture to accompany when it, to accompany the people as they sang praise to God and sang his psalms. It appears that in heaven there will be instruments. Instruments are a good thing. They're created to give God praise. You heard a few minutes ago Michael playing a little bit. On Sunday mornings, he's going to start playing with our congregational singing. And uh, since we're losing Jay and I'm going to be going back to Link Sing for a while, a guitar and piano will be a great accompaniment. It will help aid that there. And Brother Jay leaving us. Anyways, we'll talk more about that in a few minutes. We'll just leave that one alone for a few minutes. But I thank God for instruments. Caroline serving God and playing the piano in worship to him. When Johnette or you have Edna playing the, the keyboard for him. We've had Debbie some on her cello. I love the sound of the cello. And I love the instrument, the stringed instruments there. I love the guitar. I mentioned that before. I've been praying for a long time to get a guitar player. There's the instrument of praise, and then number two, the instruments of prayer. Something that's very interesting that you see in this passage is that not only did each of them have the harp, but it says, and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. These worshipers come before the Lord with all their prayers of the redeemed throughout all the ages. You think there's times that you pray and God doesn't hear your prayer? He not only hears it, he saves your prayer. Every prayer that anyone, any saved person's ever prayed to God, he stores those up. And the book of Revelation, they'll be singing praise to God and they'll take those those. Those, uh, as we look at there in verse number 8, the vials full of odors, they'll take all the prayers of all the saints over all time and pour those before God. Powerful that is. We see tonight, we see the singers of the sweet, of heaven's sweet song. We see their identity. It's going to be us. It's going to be all the redeemed, all of creation, representing those four beasts. We see the involvement in how we're going to worship him and we're going to fall down before him. We see the instruments. We see the harps that they have. We also see the prayers that they pour out before God. And this is why heaven praises. He's a God who hears and answers the prayers of his children. And he is worthy to be praised. Not a single prayer that's prayed within the scope of his will ever falls to the ground doesn't go unheard, it doesn't go unanswered. 
they're all going to be poured out before him. We see the singers of heaven's sweet song. And number two and lastly tonight, we see the subject of heaven's sweet song. We look at verse number nine. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the, and we shall reign on the earth. Down here on earth, we sing and have songs about everything. You could have a song about your old pickup truck, about your old hound dog. You could have, be singing about being in the jailhouse. You could be singing about just about anything. There are songs about everything when you think about it. And we look at that, and, you know, church is just as bad. We have songs about Mother's Bible, and I'm not, make, I'm not mocking the song, but... There's songs about Mother's Bible or the, the Little Brown Church in the Vale. Who really cares about the Little Brown Church in the Vale? And at the end of the day, I'm glad that Mom has a Bible, but I'm not singing and worshiping Mom's Bible. I'm just throwing that out. And those songs are good, and I'm, we understand that. You know, but one of the things that we realize is that a lot of the songs that we sing, there's nothing super spiritual in them. And think about it. Think about some of the songs that we sing. I'll let you do that so I don't offend anybody when I say that tonight. A lot of times the songs that we sing are more about encouraging ourselves than actually bringing glory to the one who the song is made to give glory to. You will notice those in our church that are here tonight, in the past couple years, our song service has completely shifted. I've changed it on purpose, 100% on purpose. It wasn't Brother Jay that changed it. I changed it before Brother Jay even came. I wanted more songs that praise the name of Jesus. And I didn't care if it was an old hymn or a new song. And if you, and this is the problem, if we get so stuck on, and some people still do, a hymn or a new song, who cares? Is Jesus praised and is he lifted up? That's what matters. That's, he's the theme. What's the subject of heaven's sweet song? When we look at it in heaven, every song has the same theme. In heaven, every song will be about Jesus and him alone. Every song will glorify him. He is all that he is and all that he's done. What's this, new, what's this song, the subject of heaven's sweet new song? Letter A, they sing about the person of the Lamb. See that at the beginning of verse number 9. It says, they said, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. They lifted up their voices and they cried, Thou, you God, are worthy of all praise. The song of heaven declares the Lamb of God. He is the focus of the song in heaven. He is the object of the praise of those in heaven. They will lift up his name because he is worthy to be praised. And by the way, Jesus is just as worthy today to be praised as he will be in heaven someday. 
Guess what, church? He's still Lord today. He's still God. He's still our Redeemer. He's still the focus of all of our songs. He's worthy of an amen. He's worthy of a praise the Lord. He's worthy of a hallelujah. He's worthy of a hand being raised every once in a while. He's worthy of it all tonight. He's worthy of everyone who will stand and say, I love you, Jesus, and thank you for what you've done. He is worthy. Our problem is here that our praise is diluted by two problems, pride and evil. A lot of times we don't praise God because we're afraid what someone else is going to think. And that happens to us all the time. Do you know tonight, I was sitting back there, there is nothing wrong with this thing right here. There is nothing sinful about this thing right here. But I sat back there, and I thought to myself, oh boy, what are some people going to think that are sitting in this room? What are they going to think? What email am I going to get? What text message am I going to get? of that. Show me where this thing's sinful in the Bible. It's not. Say, well, pastor, you said years ago there would be a cold day where the devil is before a drum was ever in church. Those came right out of this mouth. They did. Right here. These lips. Didn't I tell you this morning, don't ever say never on something? You say, so are we going to have a drum set up on the platform and this thing, this, this leaves with them tonight. But there's nothing wrong with it. But then this was the thing. I'm sitting back there thinking, uh-oh, what are people going to think? And you missed the whole point. The whole point of tonight was to worship him. It's pride. Pride's one of our big problems. I'm going to leave that sitting right there just for a few minutes. <laughs> you don't like it, it's just going to sit right there and stare right back at you. I still don't know how they got all that sound to come out of a little box like this. I don't know. Anyways. Stare at it. If you don't like it, that's fine. I lost my train of thought, and I gotta find out what my train of thought was. Pride is a problem. And then when we, when there's sin in our life and we don't deal with it, that's the other hindrance to, to worship. They sing about the person of the Lamb. That's what our song in heaven's gonna be about, and that's what our song here on earth needs to be. And if you're online, you can't see, it's right here. You see it. There you go. And you don't like it, you're not here anyway. So just think about that one. Letter B. They sing about the passion of the Lamb. The middle of verse number 9, it says, Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain. The word slain there, why is he worthy to sing about? Because he was slain. The word slain means to butcher is the literal meaning. It brings to mind the brutality of the death that Jesus endured for you and for me. And heaven praises Jesus because he went to the cross, he bore our sins, and he died for us. That's why we praise him. And that's why we'll continue to praise him. And he's worthy to be praised. I can't think of a better thing to do than praise the lamb that was slain for us. We see lastly tonight, and some of you like that word lastly. We see they were singing about the purpose of the Lamb. They're singing about the purpose of the Lamb. Heaven sings about the Lamb and about his redemption. 
The end of verse number 9 there says, And hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Those in heaven remember where they were when the Lamb redeemed them. They know what they have become because of the blood of the Lamb. They remember when they were a lost sinner bound to a devil's hell. They remember the day that Jesus died for their sins and that he rose again from the dead. They remember how he came to them in their sin and how he saved them by his grace. They remember that he redeemed them and took them into his family. They know what they were and they know what they are now because of him. They praise him because the color of skin doesn't matter. They praise him because the depth of their sin is no issue to God. They exalt him because he's exalted them. They praise him because he took a bunch of hell-bound sinners, hell-deserving sinners, saved them by his grace, and reconciled us to God. That's why we praise him. Heaven has the right perspective. What we read in Revelation chapter 5, that's the right perspective on praise and worship. That's what churches need today. That's what we need, the right perspective like they have here in this passage. We could use more of that down here. They look to him. Hey, church, look at how he's blessed you. Praise him for it. Look at how he saved you. Praise him for it. Look at all that he's done for you. Praise him for it. He is worthy. The book of Revelation makes it very clear that he's worthy. And we're going to be praising and singing praise to him for a very, very, very long time. But there are a lot of Christians that are missing out on praising him today. Let's praise him. Let's sing about him. Let's love him. Let's do what we're supposed to do. Someday we're going to be there. And I can't wait. Can you, can you imagine tonight when we were all singing that chorus, oh, praise the name of the Lord our God together. It was powerful hearing all the voices singing together. 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. All with one voice. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. That's going to be like none other. You know, this night of worship was great, but it doesn't hold a flicker to what it's going to be like in heaven when we do it. But every time we get together, every time we corporate corporately sing to God, it's a little taste of what heaven's going to be. And maybe some of our voices might be a little bit better at that time, but praise him anyhow. He is worthy. In 2021, our theme for the year is faith in action. Not only do we need to have faith in action, but we also need to do a better job of worshiping the one who's worthy of our praise. Sometimes I still see it there are some people that would sing a song on a Sunday morning, even tonight, and raise their hand like this to God. 
You know, there are several verses in the Bible that talk about raising your hand to God in the Bible over and over again. And I still see some people. It's okay. It might not be you. But you'll do this. Your favorite team scores a touchdown. Yeah! But I'll worship God a little bit. Heaven forbid that one. You see, we all get excited about all the things we want to. It's okay to get a little excited about God. I don't need you barking down the aisles or anything like that and foaming at the mouth. There's, you know, keep that at home, okay? But there's one thing I think that I think us Baptists sometimes get worried that we're going to turn Pentecostal because someone raises their hand to God. I think you're actually just being more biblical is what you're being. It's okay. Just don't get carried away. When, you get, when the attention gets drawn to you, then you're taking away from the focus of what it's all supposed to be. But it's okay to praise him. It's okay to raise a hand to him. It's okay to say amen. It's not okay to say a woman. I don't know if any of you heard today, Congress, the House of Representatives today, as they were going to vote in Nancy Pelosi, a guy opened up in prayer one of the congressmen, a Democrat out of Missouri. And his prayer was, I'm praying to the monotheistic God. Some call him Allah. Some have other names they call him, but I'm praying to him, amen and a woman. That's how he closed his prayer. Amen just means I agree. That's all it means. It's not a gender thing, okay? It just means I agree. So be it. We need to worship him. It's okay. Let's praise the one who is worthy of praise because you will never, think about this, we'll never do it enough. You'll never be able to praise him enough for all that he's done. But we get to spend eternity trying. And I can't wait for that. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truths that are found in your word. Thank you for being our God and being in control of all things.